You are listening to the Young Western Podcast with your hosts, Cheyenne and Montana Donuquette, where we talk about all things from Western lifestyle to your dating stories and honestly everything in between that. Hope you enjoy. Okay, guys, we are back with another episode of the Young Western Podcast. And by we, I mean me, Cheyenne. I am solo for this intro because I did manage to sit down with one of the most well-known families in Australian radio and I guess the Western industry, Shane and Leanne Kenny, Shane being Australia's richest cowboy and Leanne being the matriarch of the whole Kenny family. We talked everything from business to just rodeoing, kids, We kind of got a bit deep and talked about a lot of the different struggles that I guess a lot of people didn't see. We talked about Leanne's MS and the diagnosis and everything in between. So I hope you guys really like it. Make sure you let us know if you like this kind of stuff. We will be doing um, solo episodes if we do get the chance to kind of do these feature episodes where we get to interview people, Montana being in America, me being in Australia. If we do get the chance to um, sit down with some amazing people and talk to them, we possibly will be doing solo episodes. So this is a little feature for you guys. So I seen on Facebook, you guys have been together for 19 years. Is that right? Uh, We've been married 18 and we would have been together 20. And so whenever you got together, like I said, I'm kind of going back to the start, but tell us about, I guess you were both rodeoing super hard. Um, You were both like such but such good athletes in your own right then went ahead and had freaking children that are also great athletes but I, I guess I kind of wanted to look into like I assume that there is a lot of sacrifice that comes with that especially when you are both competing so hard plus raising kids plus being on the road did you kind of what was it like back then I guess Destiny Downs like sort of cattle and that wasn't around as much I'm speaking out of like yeah I had no idea so like, well, yeah, we didn't have many cattle at all. We no, and we didn't have many horses. We didn't have many horses. We only had just our rodeo horses. Five or yeah. six horses. And you were both competing. Yeah, yep, yeah. We were competing. Um, I was working in the mine. and Seven on, seven off, so he didn't get to come every weekend. Yeah. yeah. So then Leanne Capen and I would load up with the five kids. Oh, well. So how long after getting married and stuff did you have? Uh, we got married in March. I had Tyler in July. So I was already pregnant. Really? Because Shane had had lepto and um, he'd had lepto first year we were probably together. And then um, they said it would take ages to have kids. So we thought, oh, well, we're we're going to get married and then we'll try. And then I fell pregnant straight away. So then we were like, (laughs) oh, shit, we better get married. (laughs) We're always going to. So you two engaged and married pretty quick. Yeah, Um, yeah, we got engaged like um, November, October, November. Mm. And got married in March. And we're just like, Mm. well. Because uh, my friend's like, you need to be married before you have this baby because it's too much paperwork. Because she was like, oh, yeah, she was right. a nurse and stuff, and she goes, you need to be married. I'm like, right, but so we were always going to, but then it was a bit more. Where did you get married out there? Um, Capricorn Ridges. Ridges, yeah, yeah, near the resort at Yapoon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a very hot day. Yeah, it was extremely hot. Mm. So I guess you guys got married, had kids, all pretty. Um, yeah. Pretty. So we had Tyler. The list was already. Um, oh yeah. She was already two. No, she was older. Just four. Cool. And then we had Tyler because they're four four years apart, and then Jaden and Tyler are two. And then we had Tyler, and then when I had Jaden, EI was on, so we didn't go anywhere for six months. Influenza, yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah. Very much. Yeah. That was how long was that? Um, six months, eight months. Started in August because we all just got back from Mara Rodeo. We did obviously Mount Isa and. That and then we come back to Mara 
and um, the night we got home, I think they yeah, shut it all, enough. shut it all and down. No one could move. No, couldn't move horses. No, you couldn't, couldn't move horses. It was the rodeo industry. Like they talk about COVID, we already had it back yeah. then. Um, Similar. Yeah, it was. It just shut everything down. There was obviously bull rides because um, they still had the still had the fallen ones only with the rough stuff. Just with the no, oh, with the oh, just just bull ride. Yeah, 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 just with the bull ride. Yeah. 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 And so then Jaden was Jaden was six months old or eight months old before we went to his first rodeo and he has hated the rodeos, hated the noise. Really? Because He'd he had that been, used to be in a home and he just stayed at home. Like a COVID baby. Yeah. 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 And so and then we laughed because he's probably the one that's hooked the most on it. But he hated it when he was little. Yeah. Like took a little while for him to come around. Yeah, yeah. So I guess what a lot of people don't talk about, like everyone talks about how much you guys have won and everything like that. What I think about, and especially kind of now as I'm getting older and whatever, is how the hell you kind of, I feel like you guys have been through so much as as so many people have, like everyone goes through shit. But I think, and I think a lot of people would say this as well, a lot of people like really admire the bond that you two have. You are so, you seem just so like staunch to each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. like loyal to each other. And I think, I'm asking someone who wasn't there, but back in those days when you're cutting freaking three kids, if you're with Leanne, you're cutting five kids around, like Shane's away working, but then you're both having to like practice for yourselves. You're having to bring along like God knows how many horses to keep up with three yeah. events, two events, like yeah. plus have all these kids and then plus have all the I think the kids all. were, we, they had to be part of our life. Like, yeah. you know, when we went, when we went to practice, they all came. Like, you know, Liz, well, Liz had a pony <laughs> and then the two boys we had, I used to call it a pee pen chain. Dad made us this little sand pit thing that had like a pool fence around it. Yeah. Had a roof had, on it. and Had a roof and it had. Um, go on there and then. And I reckon Jaden, we're only laughing this morning because Jaden was only little and he had one of those swings that you put them in, but he can't swing themselves. Like one of those red things with a yellow. And he'd be like, <laughs> But <laughs> he just he just had to do it. Yeah. And I think that's why, I mean, and then, you know, the highlight of the afternoon was to ride the horses back home to unsaddle. Yeah. You like, guys were at, have been at Emerald, the place where yeah. you're at. Yeah. 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 Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Things are a lot different back then. There was like a house and a shed and. We had a container with our saddles. That was about it. Uh, and a bit of an arena. Yeah. Just well, when some we first panels. Club, there, like, there was nothing. Uh, it was wear a hat that was about the only shade you were going to get there was no trees or nothing uh, so, that's awesome yeah now it's um changed quite a bit over the years we often look back at photos and stuff a lot when the kids were there and mm. we had a heap of trees we planted and my brother they let the steers out we <laughs> saved one yeah we saved one and then, yeah now they're getting pretty decent those trees but they just ring marked oh. them and hey. So that was the end of that shade. So we had to um, work out that we were going to build a shade deal over the boxes and that's sort of when it all started. We, yeah, I guess he's like a, you used to have a really cool set up there now, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah poor man's indoor. It's yeah, It's got, um, yeah, just like roof. Yeah, it's huge though. Like, and you guys can run heaps of stuff there now, hey? Yeah. 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 yeah no, and when we first started running stuff, we used to run it out of the the canteen was out of the back of a horse plate. And then when Liz, when Liz had had enough at seven o'clock, she just shut the shop, shut the shop and go home. No drinks, no food. That's it. Was it. Done. Done. I'm finished. Yeah. And she used to cook toasted sandwiches. That was, that was about all she could do. Oh, that's all right. And, and, and then we look now and we have a canteen and it, like it's, 
yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like they just managed. With, yeah. And, you know, the office was under the tree. Was there many, I guess you guys, you started running Jaffots like ages ago. Was there much of, like, because I feel like there wasn't even that long ago that bow racing, that bow racing days and stuff like that only just started when I was younger. Back um, originally, the only jackpots that used to be were like Richmond, the yeah. Richmond Tanad and Concurry. We always run a rope in, out there. Um, Robert McPhee used to run it many years ago and then we sort of took it over from him. But um, other than that, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. And then the ATRA started and we... Um, I think we really had nothing to do with it the first year. We just sort of no. went over. I took that a horse over for um Yeah, we didn't even go. We took Lethal for um Jesse Townsend. He took him over there and he roped on him over there and um we sort of seen what they were doing and got involved in it. Um obviously we were uh, good friends with Lachlan Horner and he sort of started his own personal association before the ATRA. Yeah, I got it. And then when Lockie got sick and passed on, um they started the, the ATRA, but it was his sort of vision and dream of where it's gone to. But um we were we took cattle to some of Lockie's stuff and So by this um, time I guess you were eventually starting to just get your own practice cattle. Yeah, yep. And um we've we started breeding a few and then we sold them. We got sick of that venture, and then we end up buying them off um, John like Austin. Oh yeah, it was just it's it's not as easy as everyone thinks. Like so, we started out. We had I don't know thirty or forty cows, heifers, and you know you'd breed them, and you might end up with ten or twelve or fifteen out of them, not forty yeah. like it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so old John, uh, he obviously had longhorns for years, and um we'd just buy a set of steers off him every year and it sort of worked out good and um then he uh sold the the farm on to his son-in-law Rowan Harlan who him yeah. and Lisa are still at Evandale at Warwick so we've got cattle up there now with them guys and yeah who owns what we don't know because it's just like a big how many cattle do you have like at Gimpy and you just don't uh, really even know do you no they're just running around we pretty wide real cowboy show she's um <laughs> lots of hills and no fences and you find some this time and you might, for a couple of times. yeah you might find some next time like that's the best yeah but um no so we just started taking all the wieners and stuff back to warwick so that they're they're all accounted for so to speak <laughs> and um like this year when we go home now it's good because um we're gonna muster gimpy and we'll pull all the calves off there and then rowan's already got a heap of steers ready to send to home so we don't have to so normally we would have had to try and piece together and find them and find them. we've still got stragglers there that are probably five or six year old that have never been to the into the yards like the <laughs> great big things that are a menace to get in so Jaden loves it he thinks it's a great um, adventure to chase them around i suppose but Shadow is would love it. Was this always kind of the end like goal with getting cattle on that? Did you ever kind of sit down and be like, okay, we kind of would love to be able to just be at the rodeos and contract and do XYZ? Or was it just it just kind of been something that No, it fell that? sort of fell on us, I suppose. Um I was at the mine for sixteen odd years and I finished up there and um 
we'd sort of we'd build our cattle numbers up by the state we'd, we'd, we'd sort of um Darley and Cabe and Mark Price we all started down at Gympie there together and um Pricey moved on and Darnley and they they sort of pulled out after a little bit five or six years I suppose and then we just stayed there and eventually our numbers just grew and grew and we were you know the place was had enough cattle on it um yeah and then we were doing a lot of rodeos just around home contract and that sort of thing and then we um we had a pickup and a, a truck and dog trailer and Leanne would be driving the pickup. I forget where we were coming home from, somewhere. I reckon maybe the, Mount Isa. The finals or somewhere. A long way. We are driving and we are both tired and we are like, this is just not really working. We need to work yeah. things out. So then we ended up getting a bigger truck and a trailer. So it was all cattle and everything was together. But, um, but yeah, then we I left the mine and we decided to come down here we got a lot of these rodeos down here so we come down and did them and um i guess it would have been sort of two years after that you were diagnosed with ms yeah so it kind of worked in like you know looking back on it we we're like we we got to spend time together all the time and kind of happened for a reason that's right yeah, happened yeah, for a reason right. like they leaving the mine and all that sort of thing and we were probably um stuck in a rut i suppose we were pretty uh Said on what we did, I went, went to work and come home and go to the rodeo, and it was that was our life. That was sort of all we did, like yeah, that was kind of safe too, right? Like yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. You say, but yeah, yeah. So whereas now, like um, looking back, yeah, like we get to come down here and do all these rodeos and contract them and um, have all the stress that comes with that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, and then um, head head back home and do all the ones around there and um, probably more so now. It's more about the kids yeah. competing. Um, I still get a kick out of it, but um, probably get more disappointed with myself because I don't practice enough. <laughs> <laughs> but buddy, uh, young Campbell and them young fellas get around you. And um, and that was probably a big part of our life as well. Like we've had lots of um, – people come through. come through yeah like, and so many people have gone on to be champions you know and yeah. like yeah we had Campbell come when he was 15 and he come for the school holidays and we were taking him back to Charter's Tales Rodeo and he said I want you to meet my mum and I'm like oh okay so we met Ali and she said oh, I believe Campbell might come and live with you and we're like oh wow yeah that's fine <laughs> and then yeah we had him and we had H Harmy yeah. Who come on extremely quickly? Yeah, yeah, he did. He come from not riding. No, well, they they first turned up. They rode bareback. That's he was from New Zealand and shorts and gum boots. Short, that's right. It was um friends of ours. Oh, actually, they Pete Hutchins, uh, guy I won the big show with. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, Claude's dad, uh, Robbie Boynton, he was um looking after the pair of little rascals, I suppose. And um, <laughs> he turned up with them and said, you want some help in the backyard? So, oh, yeah, right, eh? And these <laughs> two louts, he started yelling, run, run, you bastards. And I was like, look out, what sort of show we got on here. But um, they turned up and in their gumboots and then uh, we're going to get a load of hay. And he said, do you want a hand? I said, oh, yeah, right, eh? 
So he took him up there at five thirty in the morning, made him stand beside the service station, uh, standing there like little soldiers they were. And we pulled up, and they figured that it was the truck, so they just jumped in and away he went. And uh, then we got home, and they end up staying for a little bit, and then they stayed full time, and we got them roping and bulldogging and team roping, and they were riding bulls and. Okay. Yeah, H everything. made the finals with any. Yeah, H, H he made the finals like the first TV. year, and then he was second going into the finals. He had a bad finals. Didn't yeah. win any money. He went. Uh, he went home. We went walk about back to New Zealand for a while, and then he come back. And what was he doing? It was Christmas time. He's come. He yeah. was going to come down to Lee's, and he said, "I'll just come down and help you." Yeah. What did chase the cattle with up? the cattle and stuff, and then never left. He never left again. He was like, "Oh no, I'm back here." And um, then he made the finals, gone second into the finals, and had a bad finals. And he just was time for him to go and do something yeah. else. And, time for him to go walk about again. And then after not long after that, yeah. we had Darcy Kirsch turned up. Yeah, Darcy, he was at home. Yep, he was probably great for Jaden, like um. Um, he really motivated Jaden. Like they would, they would either team rope or groundwork steers, and Jaden was ride um, horses. Yeah, yeah, ride horses. And that's the sort of thing. Like um, you try and it's it was good for me. Like with Campbell coming through and and that um, to keep pushing you along, like competition yeah. wise, and you know you're watching them and you feed off them, and, and it's the same for them. They watch you and. Did you ever feel like this is on a bit of a different tangent, but at any point in your career, did you ever kind of think like you get kind of a little bit stale and just wanting to stay home or you're always just like so? Uh, probably the only time I felt like that was when I was in the States and we just, we did, I never turned up till April, I guess it was, yeah. um, Oakdale. And then we went, I travelled with Rope Myers, Vince Walker and Byron Fields. Um, Gab Walker was with us for a bit. Yeah. And we went to a heap of rodeos and then I think it was about just after Ellensburg there, August, September, I was just like, I just got to go home. I've had enough. <laughs> like, and um, I really wanted to stay to go to the finals and watch um, Brian was, yeah, he ended up, he made it and Rope had made it. Um, Vince missed out so I wanted to go and watch those guys and stuff but um, had big intentions of going back but just to come home was like I don't know. Was this when when did you go over like were you together then or was this before? No. So I went um, in 90 I went in 92 just watched the finals one time for the 10 nights I wanted to deal with um, Peter Jackson actually I think Oh yeah, right. it was pretty cool like, they were really cool and serious back then yeah like, yeah they were really good there. The Peter Jackson series was something else. Um, so I went over then, and then in 95, went back and it was 95, went and rodeoed for six months, um, roping calves. I went with Sean McMullen um, while he was alive. He got killed uh, a couple of weeks, I think, after I come home. Okay. But um, yeah, Sean and got to hang out at Roy Cooper's place and Strand Smith and all that. Um, JD Tadlock, uh, yeah, we roped calves, and I didn't even bulldog that year. That time, I just went over, and then the second time was kind of a bit of a rush trip. I just thought, uh, going back, had like 
credit card and a thousand bucks in my pocket and, <laughs> and um, turned up and went to uh, Oakdale and went second there in the bulldogging because no one even knew a bulldog. So uh, the guys I live with um, actually owned the bar in Oakdale, H Bar B, Mike and Susan Batchgalupi. Anyway, uh, Vince had just moved out to Oakdale there and Batchy's like, I've got a bulldog and horse here for you. So, oh, cool, righto. No worries, I'll enter then. Okay, so I turned up and got there and he took me over to introduce me to Vince and he's like, oh, yeah, no worries. And I was like, oh, well, I'm sort of about eight, ten steers, I reckon, till I'm up. And he's like, oh, yeah, my horse is crippled. I'm thinking, what we talk about crippled, like you're never going to ride him again. I'm like, oh, geez, that's no good, like. Meanwhile, he just hit himself and he was lame. So, like, he was, he wasn't crippled, but anyway. And uh, he introduced me to Bill Crester, an old guy. Um, John W. Jones won the world off his horse and stuff. And um, old Bill, I said, Can I ride your horse? He says, Why, sure you can. I'm like, Real good old guy. Um, he passed away um, a few months ago, I think. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I ended up second there and then. Went to Red Bluff and didn't even enter the Bulldog and just said I'll rope calves because I didn't know how I was going to go. And then um, entered Clovis in the Bulldog and after that, and I went around. So I was there for like yeah, 10 days or something, and I'd won 12 or 13,000. I thought, I'm made. Like, this is this America's good. Like, <laughs> I can Bulldog. And um, while we went rodeo, and like, it was. Um, Pretty good times. We had had plenty of plenty of fun along the way. And what do you think made you half like? Do you just homesick kind of? Like yeah, it was homesick, and yeah. then like no, didn't you know? Back here, I had a truck and trailer yeah, and yeah. gooseneck and horses and yeah, all that sort of thing. Like, um, and then uh, once I got that's probably the other thing too is once you win um, over thirty thousand, there they tax you thirty percent and. Like at Allensburg, I think um, I split around the bulldog and, and split around the bulldog and there. And by the time I, they took my tax and I paid my mount money, so it was 55% of it gone before I'd even got Jeez. it. And then um, paid my entry fees in two events and I was left with like five or 600 bucks or something. I was thinking, this is not really yeah. working. It's not very... Uh, yeah. The numbers don't really add up. No, no, and that's the thing. Like rough stock guys, like good luck to them. They've still they still cop thirty percent. I talked to Kai Hamilton when he was out here at Warwick, and yeah. you know they still pay the tax and they get a bit back and whatever else. But um, I was probably just fortunate that you know Batchy always looked after me. Um, he gave me a little horse that he bought for his son for fifteen hundred bucks, little tiny grey mare, and. I fed her up and we won a heap on her. And then when I left, um, all the boys, Trav Cadwell and Luke Branquino and that, they rode her the next year and they all won a little bit of money out there in California on her. And she was about 14, 14, 14 ones. I felt like Hoss cart right off the thing because <laughs> my feet were nearly dragged on the ground. Look, anyway, like she worked. And, and then we went yeah. back in 2008. Yep, yep. When we didn't take any of the kids and we went that back to the kids. Um, Jaden, Jaden was, um, he was about six months old. Wow. And we, we yep. just went for five weeks to see if we were. We were sort of thinking we're just going to sell everything here. You and, were thinking. Yeah, I thought I'd give it one last go. Like, And um, 
five weeks of it, that was enough. Yeah, the first the first day we were there, we got up at, I don't know, four o'clock, something past four for slack at Oakdale, and I'm like, <laughs> I can do this at home. Yeah, and yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's a job, like, you got to work at it and um, to get up and get ready for the slack and all that sort of thing, and I was like, that's what I used to say to Luke, Grand Queen, I'd ring him before the year sort of going. I said, well, I got 160,001 because that's what I was getting paid at the mine. Like, and he said, oh, well, we'll see how I go after them 10 days in December. And anyway. That's how they make their money. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. you know, them guys, you, you know, hats off to them. It's people look at the finals and all that and think how great it is, but they don't see the, the battles they've got to go through just to get there and then, still got to go and be successful once yeah. they get there like yeah such a big thing and they say what you're just breaking even if you make it to the finals yeah like... yeah it's a hard deal like um it really is like it's so much in it but anyway after we're there for the five weeks we decided it wasn't really yeah well we were we went and stayed at joe beaver's place for the last two or three weeks mm. and Liam was just we went to like, some amateur rodeos i was like oh my gosh i need to go really? home yeah just like not oh i mean i'll break away at them but they were just they were just different yeah we did three rodeos like and i mean there was nothing like thing. they were pulling the breakaway and we would get there and joe's like you're up and i'm just like there was no time, like everything yeah, was right. Pretty so, full on. Just yeah. rash day. Yeah. I feel like your personalities are very um kind of like humble. You're very Australian personalities. <laughs> I feel like it can be a little bit Yeah. Well, that's what you know, I say to people like I guess we're kind of like our rodeons like circuit guys over there. Yeah. Um I mean this like this weekend coming up, we got the three mm-hmm. on, like it's it's a good weekend, but people like Going hanging out and having a beer and yeah. but catching are, up. Yeah, and... ours are enjoyable and family orientated yeah. and everything where theirs was just like strictly business. You like, don't really know too many you just mm, on the no. yeah. And like the kids get to compete and Yeah. Like it's funny, I think Australia's been so far in front of American rodeo, yet we're so far behind. Like yeah. the, like we've had the junior finals now for quite a few years. Um we have a lot of you know, the junior events at rodeos, we have the breakaway rope and the, yeah. we fought that. Uh, well, that's like as much as it's always been around sort of since I was here, but even when I was a bit younger, I remember it wasn't everywhere and it was, you no. have a $1,000 yeah. rodeo and a $500 breakaway That's right, rope, yeah. yeah. And we've fought that's all right. that and got it all equal and then, you know, the breakaway in America has only just sort of come in the last two years. So, you know, we've, we've mm-hmm. actually had that in place already, like, and that's the difference, I think, um, family-wise, you know, like the the kids can go and compete and the wives yeah. and, you know. You'd wonder where it would be in this country if we just had more people, you know, and then more money. and. Oh, definitely. That's all it is. It's just yeah. population. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you've only got to look at the rodeos in Victoria. Like, they get five, 6,000 people to them, you know, whereas Huge you go rodeos, to a, yeah. a, like go to Richmond and there's 400 people live in the town. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to. Yeah, it would. It's, it's not going to be, you know, it's just, no, the population's not there. And um, I guess it's just getting people involved in the sport too, like, you know, through the, like the bar racing days and the jackpot days. And then they get carried over to rodeo or whatever. Like it's um, our, our heritage is sort of 
a lot different to the American. It's just athletes and competing. Yeah, well, you know, but like <clears throat> they uh, they understand getting on a horse and going out and roping a calf out in the paddock and yeah. doctoring it and, you know, fixing its pink eye or whatever, whereas here we've got to go and get a dog and run the whole mob in and yeah, do them, you know, and then yeah. keep them locked up and keep doctoring or whatever. But um, if we did, you know, we we do that, people kind of frown on you, I think. Well, we're like a very progressive, like it's like we haven't had that in our heritage. That's so right. we've already come so far to now try and, yep. we're trying to introduce yeah. a sport to people yep. who, that, that's not part of their that's right. heritage. That's right. We're yeah. like too far yep. gone in, in some spots, if that yep. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're too, too green, save the tree, tree hugging. <laughs> to um, go on a little tangent on another little thing, and this might be me just being selfish, but I want to know about dice and the like the record that was set and everything all of this is quite vague to me so I kind of I am not sure but I would assume he was one of your like pride and joy horses Leanne and your Shane but tell me about like him and whenever he set the record and what that kind of horse had done for you guys if there was I can imagine there's plenty of others too but being jelly and everything but um he come out as a bit of a Oh, it wasn't really a mistake, but we had I had another horse by Acres Destiny. Um another rope horse was a really good horse and we'd been roping on him and stuff and we were down in Rocky for something and mm. Pricey was living at home. Mark oh, Price was there. Beef Week, I think we were down there. Yeah, and um Pricey rang up and said, Beer money's not real good and I said, Oh, right I thinking whatever like and then I said, we'll ring Joe and get the vet out. And anyway, he ended up um, dying. We think it was a snake bite. So anyway, um, back then, I guess it was before social media and the country life come out and Leanne must have been looking through the country life or something. And there was an Acres Destiny Gelden advertised. Green, green broke or something. Yeah. So we rang them up and they were like, oh, yeah, we're at... Uh, Austinville. Austinville, yeah. So we're like... Right, pack the kids up and off we drove. We drove down there and bought this little. I think it was only Liss at this stage, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buy a little. Ugly duckling. Yeah. <laughs> little hairy fuller he was. Pretty. He never got too big anyway, did he? He wasn't like a big horse. Uh, he was 15. Oh, yeah. One. Yeah, 15, one, maybe. Yeah. 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 No, he was pretty stout. So what did you use calf roped on him first? What was the... Um, well, it was pretty good because Leanne used to ride all the young horses and get them going. <laughs> so then I could just... They were broke. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. So um, Leanne had been bar racing him and I started roping calves on him and we healed on him a little bit. Yep. And then... Um, did you take him to Futurity or something? Um, yeah, I took him to the Futurity um, probably when he was uh, five-year-old. Mm -hmm. And he was, I mean, I'd only just started him. He was a bit ordinary. And then the the year that he that was his Futurity year, I was pregnant with Tyler. So um, pregnant with Tyler? Yeah, I reckon. Jada. Jada. Um, Tyler was in the photo. Yeah, that's right. And then um, Bridget Brandenburg rode him. And then... 
so that was in June and then um, we let her ride him on the northern run and that's when she broke the record at um, Mount Isa. Mount Isa. What was the record? Um, I don't know. She won both rounds. Yeah. She won both rounds? Yeah. yeah, I remember I was, I forget what I was doing because Liam wasn't there. I stayed home because I was. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, yeah. Would, I went up to the, um, up above the buck shoots there and was doing something, cattle numbers and whatever. And then I'm like, and I just happened to look up and I'm like, oh, there's my horse. <laughs> She's yep. gone all right. There you go, all right. Anyway, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I was taking much attention. And... Well, they have happened then pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so. So what, he was only a young or sense. Um, he was only six at that stage. Mm. So really? He actually, he was very easy and trainable, but he probably got a lot when he was young. So by the time he was um, 15, his career was nearly done. Like his yeah. career and my career nearly ended at the same the same time. I reckon 2015, yeah. he um, he chipped a bone in his knee at Warwick with Liz Bar- Junior Bar Racing. Did he trip? Or- um, he kind of just stumbled a little bit. Nothing major, but I think he's, he's wearing you know, tear. he was wearing yeah. tear. Because and- I'd been roping calves on him. He's probably three or four, I guess, and then. I had him going pretty decent and I'd been riding Dale Caben's horse and um, we come home, I think we had, we are talking about the other day, we had like six calves and there was three that were all right and then three <laughs> that were rubbish. So we'd just run around, I'd score the three and I'd rope the other three and then we'd run them back and we'd, <laughs> every day and I'd rope like nine calves on him every day for 30 days, I guess. And um I took him to Emerald was the first one he went to. I was eight something on him, the first rodeo, and they flagged me off for he dragged the calf. They flagged me <laughs> off. So Caves Caves said, "Well, I'd rather have him yeah. getting flagged off for, for him working properly than walking, walking the around the rope." And I'm like, "Well, I didn't think of it that way." So, but um, I roped calves on him quite a bit from then on, and then he sort of he got, I guess, when he was. Probably nine or ten. You just sort of bar race. Oh, you yeah. roped on him. He got real short in the end. Like he was too sad. I couldn't get off him. So, and so then starting to ride jelly beans. So the, he was the breakaway roping horse. So it kept Liam and happy. He's also by acres. He's by ten bucks an acre. Yeah. Oh, he's by an acre. Yeah. 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 Got you. Yeah. So. So no, he was. Um, I think you have one horse in a lifetime. I think he was mine. And yeah. Um, How many years do you make the finals every year on him from like whenever you started riding again? Um, oh. Yeah, basically. And then we still hold the record at Mount Isa with Leanne Caven in the breakaway of um, oh 1.9 in the laneway. What a phenomenal horse, hey? Like, yeah. And then mean... Liz, Liz started junior bar racing and he was the start of her career that made her hungry and mm. that she, would, she liked to win. And um, <laughs> I think he did good for her because he... He, she had to ride him, or he, you know, she, yeah, she had to do. She had to do her job. She had to well. work for yeah. him to do what he needed to do, and so. taught her a lot, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But from there on, I wanted to talk about how you ended up getting diagnosed with MS. If you wanted to talk about yeah, that, that's fine. Because I know that there was like a, a journey as yeah. to that actual diagnosis and yeah. how, like, I, I don't know why maybe I was a little different, but I often think about how hard that would have yeah. been going through, like. Yeah. Knee recovery, is right? yeah, so in 2015, Shane's Hazen horse and Heaven horse, a creamy horse scamp, um, he was just young and just broken, green broken, 
um, I got a bad bus to him. He bucked and um, I hurt my left shoulder and he stood on my right knee. And anyway, um, I took ages to recover and I was lame and I didn't have much strength anyway. I went to a knee specialist and they said I need a knee reconstruction because I'd done my PCL, which was the inside ligament. So I had a knee reconstruction in December and funny enough, Liam Davison, I had one the same day and then, you know, weeks down the track, he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm like up walking around. I'm like, oh, I'm still on the couch. Like I can't get up. I don't have any strength. And I guess at that point you would have been like, oh, thank God I've got an answer. As to yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, you know, I got I got back to riding and I was just, it was weak and I didn't have a lot of strength. And then probably six eight months time went on and so something's not right so then I reckon we were down here and I said when I go home I'm going to go and see another knee specialist and see what's going on and you were competing this whole time yeah yeah so and I I mean I was probably still going all right but I wasn't I think Dice was carrying yeah carrying me (laughs) he was carrying her and she was just hanging on yeah yeah and I mean we were still we weren't winning, but we were still like second, third, or fourth, so it was still okay. Yeah, and I, I remember, yeah, I remember at Warwick when. Yeah, yeah, and then that was when he hurt himself at Warwick, and then you had to ride Sunny Mihill and all. Yeah, and, and he, he was whipped me down. At the he first was pretty time. short. He's that's pretty savage. Yeah, he's he's short little bugger. She nearly fell off, and that was like. And then I went. Then I went to another specialist, and when I walked in, he said, "I said, oh, it was my knee," and he said, "No." It's not your knee. I think you need to see a neurologist. That he said there's something wrong with your gait, how you're walking. And at this stage, I probably did know there was something wrong because I was very weak on the right hand side. My right leg was really weak, but I thought it was from the knee reconstruction. Yeah. So then I went to a neurologist. I saw him. I was in Brisbane, and I saw him that week. And I guess my life changed overnight. Like at 44, like I went there to be told that something could be helped with my knee and then there was some nerve damage is not yeah knee. and then um it's like no I had MS and it's usually hereditary thing and there was no hereditary in my family of it and um so that was pretty hard to take and I probably lived in denial for 12 months I would say that I didn't want to accept the fact that I had something yeah and then I just found it it just got harder like I just and I could imagine that up until then you would have been extremely physically angry. yeah like you're as a competitor yeah. and everything you're physical mm. yeah body wasn't and I was, ever would let you down it no. might be you made a mistake or whatever but yeah and I was capable I could I was very independent like I could do everything so much together with yeah with the cattle and everything and when Shane was at work like me and the kids could have the cattle ready and he would get home from work and we'd just load up and go. And yeah. So then um, um, it took me a little while to accept it and then um, I probably didn't want to go to the rodeos, but then I thought, well, that was pretty, um, you know, bad on my behalf that I didn't want to go and watch Shane and the kids. And so then I... But that's off. such a... That's a completely understandable... Yeah. Um, reaction or feeling or whatever to have as that's and this is what I kind of look at you two as both amazing athletes at some point to become that good you have to be a little bit selfish and to practice for yourself and whatever else yeah and so then to have to kind of like go through this change reasonably quickly yeah to then and I guess and I guess that's why I gave up competing because I mean probably sounds bad but I didn't like not winning like well, I was used to winning yeah. and so and you're a winner, that's what you do, yeah right? so I would rather not do it so then I mean I used to ride at home for a little bit then 
it just become my balance got really bad so then I've become an accident looking for a place to happen <laughs> I used to say so um and then yeah so then I just just went to the rodeos and I admire you so yeah. much for like not only was this just like a hobby for you guys you created a life around yeah. this sport do you know yeah. what I mean yeah, like with, right. with your income and everything like that and then you had all these kids not yeah. these kids but your kids yeah. were coming along you had a daughter who went on to be the youngest um all-round all girl yeah. like she's yeah. phenomenal and, and so yeah. many sons so it's such a big part of your life it would have taken yeah so much um and maybe maybe this is just me saying this like correct me if I'm wrong because I'm knowing how I would take it yeah but it's just it is such a big yeah. transition and especially to the whole process of 12 months thinking like yeah as soon as I get a new knee I'll be right and yeah as soon as yeah I, you know what I'm saying yeah and then you know they would say they said you know when they first told me they were like oh well your balance will get really bad and you'll struggle to walk and you may eventually be wheelchair bound and I'm like no like oh yeah. that's not going to happen but you know, as time went on, it has become hard, and and um and I didn't want to go to the rodeos yeah. and have to ride my scooter. And you know, my real friends are fine, but there's lots of people that will look at you that and and won't really acknowledge you. And you think, oh, that's fine. Like it, it did worry me to start with, but now I think, you know, this is my life, and this is how I am. If they want to be part of it, they're welcome. Probably if they don't else. want to be, that's fine. Yeah, if nothing else, it's weeded. A yeah. lot of people. Yeah, have. that's right. You've got that your may have been with you because, like, yeah. hanging around for yeah, because of who you were once. You know what I mean? Yeah, if that makes sense. Probably makes you a bit um, guarded, I suppose. Like when to go out, yeah, have dinner and stuff. Like makes you a bit um, was it anxiety or something like to well, I to actually that's... walk, yeah, get from A to B or whatever. Um, but uh, since we've like the. The scooter's been yeah like it's yeah mate, you you're happy to be part of it again yeah, well that's a whole another aspect to it is like a identity yeah shift I guess and not having MS like mm. not being in your or in your scooter and everything since forever say yeah that's like getting used to all this stuff as like a grown adult is that would be another whole identity like. That's right. Freaking thing, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's exactly right. And MS affects everyone differently, differently. Hey? Yeah, yeah. So and nothing can really be. No, it's a very grey area. You know, so many different things, and mine's actually progressive. So there is nothing they can do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just um, you've got to make the most of what you've got and how you can do it. But you know, I look and I think there's always someone worse. Like I have my two arms and hands that if you want to cry, you can put your hands over your face. Yeah, like yeah. there's lots of people that can't do that yeah. like you know so there is someone worse and when you th think you're having a bad day you gotta think about that and it's not too bad yeah that's yeah. amazing like I am so much in like awe of what you guys have done and even like I was saying earlier just like the bond that I think you guys have I, I have no idea but yeah you must have something so strong together because you you just seem I don't know you just we everyone knows like you're so staunch and so like well and I feel like Shane's kind of with you every step you know what I mean and yeah I'm very lucky I'm lucky with that Shane's very supportive and the kids are as well like you know this was probably my biggest supporter she'd be like I've saddled the horse now just come outside and hop on I'm like oh maybe not today no I've got it here <laughs> and that's when I was like winding down and yeah so that's so how long ago did you get diagnosed um 2016 so this like the kids would have been 
Almost like being a teenager, I guess. Yeah, and and you know sometimes it's hard with them because, um, you know, I would ride the horses and then I'd just get listed on to jockey them and do stuff and then it got hard when I'd be on the ground trying to tell her what to do but I actually couldn't show her what to do so yeah. she had to do a lot on her own yeah and then even Jaden like <laughs> like when they said the when we were at Mount Isa last year that I held the record he goes oh so you could write pretty good like he doesn't remember <laughs> it. Nice, yeah. he was too yeah. little and then when I try and tell him things on his horse or his horsemanship he's just like like look at yours like what would you know yeah like, because they were too little like, yeah yeah yeah, I get that. But yeah, <laughs> and it happens. Like even when they bulldog and that, and they um, you know, they're trying to tell them something, and you think, oh, and I'm like, oh, I'm not bothered. It's. Getting... I mean, it's really an age thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes an age thing. Sometimes it's yeah. just how people. Are. Yeah, it's yeah. Probably that your experience as well. Yeah. Like, what would you know? Exactly. What would you know? I yeah. mean. How old's Jerry? 16? I don't think. Oh, 15. 15. Yeah. Uh, yes, my parents certainly couldn't tell me what she no, was with No, that's exactly right. That's, um, I, I just, like I said, I find your story so incredible. And then to the kids, like raising them, I guess they would have grown up to a point fairly quick when all this was going on too. Like they would have had to step up and, just start having to do a lot of stuff for themselves, I guess, as well, um, around all of that time. Yeah. Well, Lissa's always been pretty... Hands-on. Hands-on. Tyler, he probably grew up a lot quicker too. Um, but I think it was more so just because he he don't mind a rope, but he'd rather go to work and yeah, yeah he's something really up. Really like yeah. Yeah. focused on his work. Yeah. It? And when yeah. they were little, like, he would rather make sure the arena surface was great for you than sell his horse. He's always kind of yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Was yeah. Jada always just mad on horses? Yeah. He's always been like, He was, but he, he was very cautious. Like when he was little, like remember he wouldn't canter for ages mm -hmm. and we bought Creamy off Campbell and then well that was his turning point. Like yeah. he just he went from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got you. Yeah, but no We bought him I bought him down here for this time. We had a Brazilian guy that was working for us, and we're at Gimpy uh, mustering some cattle, and he, he ended up he didn't go, so Jada took his ticket, and he was, I guess he was three or four, four enough to be, no little. And we come down here, we had to rent a car, so we did the first one. Must have had a motel. Gets the car, uh, Mary Duke, and we couldn't get a room, so we end up we drove, I think. To Albury Showgrounds or somewhere, I don't know where it was anyway. No, no swags, no nothing. So we're laying on the back seat of the car and had a couple of saddle pads out, laying right. on a saddle, and which was a pretty wild show. And um, then we got to the third one. Well, by the third day, he was getting really tired. I said, Well, come on, mate, you, you want to be a cowboy? This, this is what it's all about. This is cowboy, and like it's a bit rough, but that's how it is. And, and then, uh, Told him a lot about like just keeping track of cattle and numbers and like he's really good with um knowing numbers and cattle and like you know, I said that's something that will always help you through in life, even just like being on the place, you know, and cows and calves and all that sort of thing, but more so when you rodeo and like what steers are what and um what they do and yeah, yeah he, he just knows cattle like he has a very good um, memory. memory you can 
tell what they are and stuff. But um, but he'll go down, and I feel bad because I, I think uh, back probably you know when I was his age and stuff like um, I used to go and rope the dummy every morning and afternoon. That's all I did, like um, ride a horse and stuff. And he's kind of where I was um, at. You know, he'll go down and tie calves on his own or their bulldog and he'll be there groundwork at them or hazing or doing whatever. He's right into it. And sometimes I think he wants just a little bit of advice and I'm probably a bit lazy for it or just watch them do what they do. And then, you know, you try and let them learn by their mistakes, I suppose, and then steer them in the right direction and yeah. straighten them out a little bit. But you you got to pump them up and then you got to let them down as well to yeah. keep them striving and stuff. But um, Whatever you're doing must half work because there's been a fair few uh, champions yeah. already, Cam. Yeah, well, it's like a good coach, I suppose. doesn't matter what sport it is. It's being able to get people. You see um, good players on football teams and they go to a different coach and that coach can get more, more out of them. So that's pretty much the way I look at it. If you can find the good in people and, and um, build on that and if you find their weaknesses and try and help them in that as well. And, and everyone's um, like a little bit different how much they... That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, everyone's got a different mindset on, you know, things and um, how positive they are and how, how negative they are. And, yeah. Um, everyone looks at things differently. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you really enjoy kind of teaching and that or do you... I know you guys kind of are fairly invested in bringing people through into the sport and kind of helping the sport, I guess. But yeah, no, I definitely get a kick out of it. Like um, just the other day before the finals, like Campbell was there roping calves and he kept topknotting. And I said, I can tell you why you, it's nothing you're doing. I said, it's that stupid rope you use. And he said, go and get a grass rope there and rope a couple. And he's went and roped a few calves and just little things, you know, yeah. you, you see in people. But, um, yeah, no, I definitely get a kick out of watching people grow and get better, and um, and then you see <coughs> the change in them when they go back to their own environment. You see them drop off. Yeah, you think you know, like you've you've missed the boat a little bit. You you've you know you you're slipping behind to where you were. You're standing, you know. Yeah. So you, they got to keep working, and it's like anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You got to. You got to keep working at it. You got to practice, and um, I think that's sort of probably where I'm at. I physically can't do it. Too hard. Mentally, probably don't want to do it. Hard enough. Um, yeah. But still, enjoy the the love of competing and and still doing good. And that's what um, well, somewhere the other day I said like back when we're all young fellas, and you don't see, you know I guess I'm nearly fifty, but um, back in the day of uh, the people like my peers, the McPhees and the McCarthy's yeah. and the Noonan's and Simpkins and Knox's and all that, like the, you know, all the good cowboys that I used to look up to, you wouldn't have won a, a cent anyway. Like, at, um, you know, I grew up, there was no junior rodeos. It was going into the open rodeo and sink or swim sort yeah. of thing. Um, it was kind of I guess there was a real emphasis on like the winning back then as well. You know what I mean? Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. And you wonder sometimes whether 
like what drove you when because what would when you say practicing like and I assume you practice like you said you wrote the dummy every day when you're a kid like practicing every day for however many years sometimes you're like the love of sport probably isn't keeping you doing this as much as the love of winning or vice that's versa probably right yeah I guess yeah it's probably the winning factor because it was nothing for us to go and um flank and tie calves off a post for an hour or two and then we'd groundwork steers and then we'd we just all had to do it to get better than each yeah. other that's right what well, was the thing like there was always a, a crew of years there was always four or five you know hanging out together and you groundwork steers and rope calves and and the team rope was sort of the oh well we're nearly finished for the day <laughs> so we'll wind down and we'll just team rope a few steers like that was when you chilled out of it that's right yeah. whereas now it's all about team roping and to help with the calf rope and bulldogging but um yeah, no, it, uh, and that was probably the driving factor. I think you had people to practice with and push you, and it wasn't about um, we didn't we didn't have jobs. Yeah. Our job was to go and win. Yeah, like, yeah. We, um, you know, we didn't. Uh, I went to Neville McCarthy's. I left school in. Uh, the end of 90 I guess it was and mum wrote me out some checks and said there you go your entries are paid for Christmas the Christmas run and that's you see you later like I so just we, went and went and rode so I went and yeah. you know I had to win and like I was fortunate enough never looked after me and got to ride his horses and we practiced there I suppose he he was sort of probably at a few years earlier than and you know he was winding down in his career, but um, still loved it too. But um, the every day, you know, we would rope. I would rope 35, 40 calves every day. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd he'd make me bulldog eight or ten steers every day. We groundwork all the time, like, and um, that's what's getting back to. Like nowadays, I don't see that um, desire in the young people to want to uh, come and practice or, you yeah. know, put put time into it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I often wonder whether, you know, just in this day and age with social media and whatever, and you can always blame on that. But yeah, I wonder whether there's such an emphasis on, like, instant gratification. So all of these young people, including myself, like this generation, see the wins all the time, but they, we never see every single day when old mates like it and that's kind of what I was like putting emphasis on you guys working so hard to create a life so you can have this nice trailer and you can blah 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 yeah when you go to work in the mines for 16 years and come home and your wife's got your cattle pen so mm. that you can go rope calves and the kid like do you know what I mean like yeah. that's the stuff that we're not on Instagram every day being like yeah. no that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Picturing my lame horse and now yeah. he ride the four-year-old and yeah. whatever the yeah. Yeah. has to go yeah. on. Yeah. I wonder whether, because we do have access to just seeing whoever win 50 grand in America and then win 100 yes. grand in America and we don't see the grind. The grind. Right. Much. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. in it, so I don't know. But I wonder whether. And that's what I often say to our kids, like when they, you know, Liz might say she's riding really bad and, and then they'll say, oh, don't tell me. Because it'd be like, you know, when before I moved to Emerald, I worked in Rocky and I had a full-time job and I used to go to Robert McPhee's. So he taught me to rope and we would, my friend and I would go, you know, finish work at five. We'd be out there at quarter to six and we would rope until 
you know, whatever time and you had to put the horses away. And we wouldn't get home till 1130 at night. Mm -hmm. And then I had to do everything at home, like feed up at home. And then um, I had to be at work at 730 the next morning. So I said, if you really want something bad enough, you'll do it. And yeah. that's when they say, you know, they're not roping good or something. I'm like, well, are you putting in all that effort behind the scenes? Yeah. Like, and it's not, I wonder too, like, I think there is a lot of, um, we sit, we see so much more of the people that are just going and buying the horses and doing the things and spending the money and whatever the hell else, because that's all social media is, is a highlight yeah. reel. Mm. And there is a bit of a like, uh, I want to say jealousy, but instead of just kind of like being on the road and someone turning up at a rodeo and go, oh, oh, cool, they've got a new horse, whatever, and you keep yeah. moving along. You've seen like the whole process of mummy and daddy or whoever buying the horse, and then you've seen the rig and you've seen the things. And it's, I think that maybe it is just creating a generation of kind of like poor me yeah. to, a, to a point sometimes, like, and also looking at it and going, well, it seemed pretty easy. Like it seemed like, so Hayley Kinsel just got on the horse and won or it seemed like whatever you know what I mean oh yeah no we um talking about the other day about I said the first truck I had didn't even have air conditioning yeah <laughs> lucky to have a radio going in it like <laughs> yeah um whereas nowadays it's if it no well, I'm not going to drive it because it hasn't got air conditioning oh, you know like and yeah. I guess maybe that's where we were lucky that we started as kids too yeah, because yep. we kind of probably had you probably a bit more tunnel visioned as a kid, and you just even when you're little, you get the horses that your parents give you or whatever. If you're yep. lucky enough that like yep. your kids and even yep. me had parents that yeah got different horses, but there's stages where I would turn up to a rodeo with no horse, and it'd just be whichever auntie or uncle bought a horse, and yep. you just got on and did what you had to do. Yep. That's right. You also weren't paying entry, so you didn't really care. But it's kind of how you got your love for the sport. Yeah. So that now that, and Liz probably getting on dice and stuff like yeah. that, now that when she's up there paying her own girls, doing yeah. her own thing, she's like, shit, I'm out here at 8 o'clock at night working my horses. Yeah. Because so she only said last night, she said, oh, I really miss not being at home anymore. I'm like, what is that? And she said, because when I used to come inside, dinner would be cooked now. I have to do all this. Yeah. I have to go and cook dinner. I'm like, that is the real world. That is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But I guess putting her on those horses made her hungry enough yeah. that she's going to stay out till 8, and 9, keep 10, 11 and keep yeah. working. We get, I had it happen to me. Um, I had uh, a couple of practice horses, and Neville said there was a um, amateur rodeo in Narrabri, and Neville said, yeah, you can take them two horses up there, and I'm thinking, why aren't you letting me take the good ones, you know, anyway? He gets up there, and the horses run off and did whatever. And, <laughs> and he said, oh, well, now you understand. I'm like, oh, yeah. Kind of, and he's like, well, you understand the difference between proper horsepower and no horsepower. Yeah, just a Shetland pony, takes, like yeah. yeah, and that's the same. Like Jada will be saying things about his horse or whatever, and I'm like, well, make him better, ride him better, ride him and get him. I said, if you if you ride him like crap all the time, I said he's just going to keep going like that. Well, and it? that's the thing, they're athletes as well, and if you don't come to the party, they're yep. not going to continue to come to that's the party. Right. No. Yep. Unless you're the only one, like, it, you know what I mean? Like, at least had to see you yep. having dinner ready every night yep. better yep. than realise, fuck, someone's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I don't do whatever, and Jodie's probably going to have to ride those horses, and, and I'm speaking for myself too, ride the horses and then not do what they want to realise, oh, maybe it's so tuned on. Yeah, yep. 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 that's right. Yeah, ridden right. and yeah, and that's 
Horses are such a big part of what we all do. Like the major tool and everything that we do. Everything, you know, if you don't have horsepower, you've got nothing. Yeah. And they take so long to to get solid. Like that's probably the biggest thing. And I see a lot of people, you see a nice horse or whatever, and they think that they got him forever and the, the walls fall down in six months' time instead of, you know, I'm a big believer in giving them plenty of time. Um, yeah. You know, give them a month or two up here or there and get them back in and do a little bit more and let them out again. Like it, It's not all about riding them and training them. As if, you know, if they're going to be good, they'll, they'll be good. Yeah, um, they've got to have that and Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, but they've got to have time for them, you know, especially when they're young and that. And we've learned the hard way as everyone does, like when they're young and that, they're, they're legs break down like so the the theory is you can either wear them out when they're 15 year old or let them you know wear out when they're 25 it's like, a really funny sacrifice i was thinking when you said about dice the other day like yeah. if you have a horse that is good enough as a five six yeah. seven eight yeah. year old do you just go right oh this is going to be our years that we have yeah. him but we have to understand that by he's going to break down that's right. we're not really going to have and that's him. what people don't understand yeah. you know a good barrel faturity horse generally yeah. they're done like and sometimes you get them ratty horses like <laughs> that don't come good till they're 10 but then at 21 they're still yeah ratty. still going you know? good we've got one moment that's what we're wondering when his brain's gonna finally drop because yeah. it's just like oh we'll just leave him be let's let him be and he'll sort of well we don't know but you're right like you see they that 18, 19, 20, and then something just clicks and away they go. They yeah. just get to winning and and they're still body-wise, they're sound and everything's fine because they haven't been, yeah. you know, driven into the ground. So to speak. whether the brains are there, I guess. Like yeah. to be young enough yeah. and then willing enough yeah. to sort of, like, yeah. that's how, and as like you said, as everyone, I've definitely learned that. Like yeah. kind of, yeah, lucky enough to have horses that were, good as young horses so then the ones that were no good as young horses are just kind of leave and yeah. then all of a sudden they turn 10 11 12 no. even 14 yeah. and then that's like, right. oh yeah. this is a great that's right yeah. but then that's the whole aspect of having to have so many you have to have yeah. so that's right yeah yeah to keep that happening it's a hard deal yeah, for sure it is a fun deal yeah. well i guess we better wrap up because we've been chatting for ages but thank you guys so much i think I don't know. I really like that. I think we did really well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. No worries. No worries.